Hello everyone, and we're back to part two of understanding the healing life of insecurity. I'm sorry, you guys, you guys know that sometimes this app that I use called Anchor, um, I'm recording and then some way, just some, some somehow midway, it just cuts off. I don't know why, I'm really good at keeping my apps updated, and I did just update my apps yesterday. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm off social media right now. I, I do feel like the Lord wanted me to get back off of it. Now I'm off again. Um, uh, and so, uh, and I, I took away my app store. Uh, my, my brother has a code in my phone to where, um, it pretty much takes away my app store. It's a long story. And anyway, I didn't, I don't have my app store to check and see if there needs to be an update, but I'm sorry it cut off you guys. I'm glad you're tuning back in. Um, but, uh, you know, thank you for your understanding. So I did listen to, the, the last part that I shared on part one. So, um, uh, and it was, now you may ask, what can we do when insecurity starts to rise up in us in any given situation? Here are some scriptures that I'm just going to read that can really help us just to like get, get you know, just take, take these however way you want and let it just grow your intimacy with the Lord, your prayer life, your conversation, your, your, your love language with him. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry guys. Psalm 143, 8 through 10 in the message version. Hurry with your answer, God. I'm nearly at the end of my rope. Don't turn away. Do not ignore me. That could be certain death. If you wake me each morning with the sound of your loving voice, I'll go to sleep each night trusting in you. Point out the road I must travel. I'm all ears, all eyes before you. I, I like that where he says, I'm all ears, I'm all eyes before you. It's humility he's showing. It's submission. It's childlikeness, you guys. Um, and I like, I think, Psalm 73. David's praying. He's like, God, look at me. I'm not trying to get my own way. I'm trying to follow your way. To continue, he says, save me from my enemies, God. You are my only hope. Teach me how to live to please you because you are my God. Lead me by your blessed spirit into cleared, uh, excuse me, and level pasture land. Psalm 63, one through four in the ESV version. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. That word earnestly, that's so key, you guys. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life my lips will praise you so i will bless you as long as i live in your name i will lift up my hands now again you guys now I, i've dealt with this too but i wonder if we read these verses and i feel like one form of insecurity is we compare ourselves they even go i can't talk to god like this but what does Paul say? That God is no favoritism of man. There's no, there's no, no, there's, there's none of that. He has no favorites. Psalm 139, verse 14. Um, and you guys, you know what? We are going to be diving into the Hebrew, and I'm really excited about that. So here we go. This is, we know this verse pretty well. This is in the, in the ESV version. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I love that. He's got this confidence. He's got this experience with the Lord saying, I've seen the pastures and the, um, the uh, what's the word? The precepts of the Lord. 
I was able to find the Hebrew word for the word wonderfully, and here is the info on that word. Now, I couldn't find the right word on fearfully. I couldn't find it, but here's um, wonderfully. I'm going to open this link. I'm going to pause the music. I'm going to play the word right now, the Greek, the Hebrew word. Strong's H6395. Pala. 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 All right. Let's get that. Let's resume the music. Um, and the definition is to be distinct, to be marked out, be separated, to be distinguished. Oh my gosh. He goes, look guys, he goes, I am fearfully and I've been marked out. I've been separated. I've been distinguished. Do you guys know what the, what word, the, what the word holy means? It means to be set apart, to not be unequally yoked. That might have been wrong. That I don't know. I don't know if that was. I don't know if that's true. But to not be double-minded, I guess. Anyway, <clears throat> now in moments of mental trials, pray these verses over yourself. Yes, it will be painful. You might even feel something in you that's doubting it, but that's what I'm telling you. That's where you, I, that's where I recently, when I feel that way, I go back to that verse in First John three, First John three twenty. Um, every single feeling and thought, we should be surrendering to the Lord in alone, quiet times. Now I get it. Sometimes we can't say every thought, and I've experienced that where you're just you, you don't know what to say. You're stuck. You feel numb. So uh, what I did personally in moments like those, I would say, Lord, you know what's going on and I surrender everything to you. Give me the strength that I need. Sometimes I just sit and endure the suffering and just say, whatever you're doing, God, just do it. Now, why do we struggle with insecurities, with mental health issues? Now, uh, this thought that I'm, I'm gonna share is, um, is, the same exact thought that I shared. Um, I did edit it a little bit, but it's the same shot, the, the same thought that I shared when I talked about my part two series on mental health. So here we go. There are tough things we go through growing up, conversations that hurt our hearts, people saying hurtful things. Sometimes we also don't even guard our own hearts and get ourselves hurt by our own wrongdoing. And I'm guilty in all of this, you guys. I really am. This is what I have concluded so far, we are so much more broken than we realize. God knows us better than we know ourselves. So why don't we trust him in moments of pain in his refining fire through trials? Galatians 6, 9 is key in moments of trials. Here's another thing. Look at us compared to people who are not following Christ. Yes, they have trials too, but is it really working for their good? Is it growing their character? Where are they getting their wisdom? Social media, the web, the news, big influential people today? We have to realize the beauty of God on our side by following Christ. Remembering Romans 8.28 that he works all things for good for those who love him. Now, no man knows the heart of another. God knows the secrets in a person's heart. We uh, We can't find that. So I don't want to sound like this is me bashing, shaming, or putting people down that do not follow Christ. I am trying to put forth Romans 8.38 and John 3.36. 
John 3.36 in the ESV version says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Now, uh, we're going to dive into the Greek here, you guys. Uh, The Greek word for the word believe is the word... Here it is. Strong's G, 4100, pistuo. Pistuo is the word, and the definition is to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to give credit or place confidence in. That I like. So he says, uh, for those who put their confidence in Christ, they have eternal life. Now, uh, now the Greek word for the word eternal is... Okay, I guess I put the wrong, I think I put the wrong link in for the word eternal, so I'm sorry, guys. Um, Hold your horses. We're going to find this, guys, because I I really want to, I want to dive into this. Here we go. So, uh, the Greek word for the word... Greek word for the word eternal is this. Strong's G166, Ionios. Ionios. Ionios is the word. It says, without beginning and end, that which always has been and always will be. And then the second one is without beginning, you guys. So that's what he means by eternal. Um, now, obey in the Greek is... Is the word obey even in this? Oh, okay, yeah, it is. Um, it uh, The Greek uh, definition is to not allow oneself to be persuaded, to refuse or withhold belief. Um, so that's what that's what that that's what that means. Now, uh, now the the, the Greek word uh, for the word wrath. Because uh, Jesus talks about the wrath of God is the word is the Greek word or gay, the Greek word or gay, and the definition is anger, the natural disp- disposition, temper, or even character. Another definition is indignation. So, um, it's just interesting how Jesus you know states that out. Now Romans eight twenty eight in the Amplified version. This is the version that Joyce Meyer loves to use, and I love this version as well. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes he causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. <clears throat> now, I know I may be getting a little off track. Uh, there as we were talking about insecurity, but I just wanted to share that. Insecurity is a huge door for the enemy to come through. I have seen it in my own life, you guys. Like I look back in my whole walk with the Lord and it just, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. It just, I mean, it opens my eyes so much. So I challenge you kindly and lovingly and and gently 
pray that God would open your eyes to see more and ask him to prepare your heart in those moments. Declare these scriptures over yourself. Yield yourself to the Lord. I want to finish with two scriptures that I believe will really bring a lot of healing from shame, hurt, and insecurity. John 15, 9 in the ESV version says, As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide, abide in my love. Now this chapter is really talking about one thing, abiding in Jesus. What does that mean? Trusting in his words, his character, his love, letting his words be the rock under your feet. Now, um, the Greek word for the word loved is the word... Strong's G25, agapao, agapao. And it means uh, of persons uh, to welcome, to entertain, to be found of, to love dearly, um, to be well-pleased, to be contended at or with a thing. Um, so that's, I, I love that, you guys. Now, the Greek word for the word abide is is the Greek word meno, meno, and it means to remain, abide, um, to not depart, and uh, to wait for is another one, uh, to await one. Um, now, this is the next verse that I want to encourage you guys with is in the book of Jude, which is the book before Revelation. It's one chapter. It's like 21 verses. Um, and he talks a little bit about false teaching. He talks a little bit about the consequences of, of false teachers. Um, and he talks about abiding in God's love. Uh, but he says, and so he says in verse 21 in the ESV version, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Now, I don't know what it, now I've, I've heard things about what does that mean? Keep yourself in the love of God. I have, I honestly, guys, I've heard Christians say that you can be removed and God cannot love you. And you guys, I mean, that's just, I'm sorry, that's heresy. That's just, that's not, I, I don't think that's right at all. Um, When Jesus says in John 15, he says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. Just as I have obeyed my father's commands, I abide in his love. I think, I think the word abide is the right word. I could be wrong. version John 15 as the father loved me so I have loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love that's verses 9 and 10 now you might think oh my gosh does that mean I have to obey his commands for him to love me no I think what he's saying I want to be very careful on what I say you guys but I think what he's saying is if we keep his commands, he will reveal himself more to us. I think that's what he's saying. Because um, then the whole John 3.16, for God so loved the world. 
Well, we were all running away from his law, running away from him and, and disobeying his law. So if that's the case, then then what is then 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 that then John 59 doesn't make sense. Then God didn't love the world. So again, that's uh, that could be a whole Second Corinthians 10. Maybe that's the enemy making an argument in my mind to the knowledge of the Lord, and I don't. Anyway, so I don't know, you guys, but I, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I don't. It just it doesn't sit right with me. Um, and but yeah. So anyway, Second Corinthians 10:12. And the NIV version says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who comprehend, uh, commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Now, previously in verse 7, Paul says, You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. There's no favorites. There's none greater or lesser. Peter said that everyone in the body of Christ is in equal standing with one another. I think it's I think that's 1 Peter 1 or 2 Peter 1. But so Paul's saying we don't compare ourselves to people, you guys. And I struggle with this too. Now, I wanna I wanna bring this forward. <clears throat> I say I wanna bring this forward as if someone's gonna interrupt me and talk to me. I'm like, jeez. Okay, sometimes we go on YouTube and we watch videos. Sometimes I'll see other preachers. Um, I've been watching this guy, Isaiah Seldivar. I've been looking at his videos every now and then, and he's got great stuff. Uh, very fruitful man. Very uh, just full of the Lord, fears the Lord. Anyway, um, sometimes I look at him. Sometimes I look at other people, other Christians, and I compare myself saying, they're doing so much more than me, and they're talking about subjects that I'm not talking about. So this happened a couple nights ago, and I'm on my bed, and the Lord goes, Hey, if he's talking about a subject, and it's out there, why do you have to lift it up? I'm giving you other messages to talk about. He knows all things. He sees the bigger picture, and we want to sit here and think we know everything. Psalm 17, verse 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. You guys, this is a security thing we can rest in, knowing that he is our refuge and that he protects us, and that he he's in control. He is. Psalm 62, 8 in the NASB. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. It's just that these are prayers. These are things we can hang on to, you guys, that'll heal us of insecurity, being able to rest in the Father's love. Now, uh, some of us know Psalm 51, uh, create in me a clean heart, oh yeah, and renew a right spirit within me, Psalm 51.10. Now, the Hebrew definition uh, for the word renew is to, uh, uh, meaning to be new, rebuild, repair, or renew. In the ancient Hebrew, lexicon Jeff Benner says it means to make something like new through repair, restoration, or replacement, fresh. Now, the context of Psalm 51 is David talking about his confession for the sin he committed with Bathsheba. 
it seems that David was shaken. He was insecure, but God had mercy on him and uh, had Nathan tell him that his sin was forgiven by the Lord. Why do we go through suffering emotionally? Oh, I think I already... Did I already share this or no? No, I don't think I did. Okay, sorry, I thought I did. We are born into a world of sin, a fallen world. We grow up in broken homes. You know, I think I, okay, I think I did share this at the beginning, but I'll just read it again. What the heck? We are born into a world of sin, a fallen world. We grow up in broken homes, broken schools, come into relationships, relation, relationships with people who are broken, and it is all because of the great fall as we read in Genesis. Now hold your, okay, you know, I don't think I actually did. No. Okay, my mind's everywhere, you guys. I'm sorry. Bear with me here. I'm gonna restart that because I thought, I, I thought I, I thought I had read this at the beginning, but anyway, we are born into a world of sin, a fallen world. We grow up in broken homes, broken schools, come into broken relationships with people who are broken. And I'm 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 not saying I'm better. I'm not I'm not holier than thou. No. And it is all because of the great fall as we can read in Genesis. Now hold your horses, this is not me bashing people and acting like there is no Jesus. Just bear with me here. We wonder why we as Christians go through so much pain, suffering, whether it's mentally, physically, and or spiritually. It's, be it's because before we came to Christ, into a relationship with him by faith, Being saved by his grace, we lived by the ways of this flesh, which Paul talks about in Ephesians 2. The enemy had many open doors for us to walk through before we came into relationship with the Lord. That destroyed our Christ-like character. It says, it Paul says, let me just let me just let me just pull it up real quick. Ephesians 2. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it out of the ESV version. Nope, nope, wrong one. Okay. And you were dead in the trespasses of sins in which you once walked. It's talking about your, your past character, your past self, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by, by nature children of rest, like the rest of mankind. And he goes on saying, But God, being rich in mercy, stepped on and loved and saved us. We are saved by grace through faith, not of our own works. So, that's what we walk into, you guys. Now healing will bring pain. Jesus went through so much pain as it's written in Luke 22. These moments of suffering, whether it's these moments of suffering, whether it's heaviness, confusion, having lots of questions, anxiety, feeling numb, or even depression, I challenge you lovingly to trust the Lord that he is refining you of your character or that it may be something that you did mess up in and he wants to show you that in love. Also in Romans 2, that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Repentance is not a one-time thing. We're always learning how to do more and more of it in our walk with the Lord. The Lord's refining you of your character that the enemy had opened doors for you to go through to make you unchristlike. 
Once you become a Christian, you get the new heart of flesh. Your heart of evilness and wickedness and deceit is no more. God takes away your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. the same thought you guys but you may be thinking well this just isn't fair i'm sorry but the word fair is not found in the enemy's character we can find hope though that we are now new creations in christ that god sees us differently and in time in time i assure you he will show us the type of people he is making us to be which is more like jesus more christ-like the hope we can find during these moments of healing and suffering is where Isaiah records in chapter 53 verse 5 by his stripes we are healed the Hebrew word for the word healed is, is the word Rapha and the definition of Rapha is to heal cure and repair and this is one in and this is this is this last one's interesting a physician the context of Isaiah, of Isaiah of Isaiah 53 is uh, prophesying about Jesus. I also want to make this very clear. This is so much. Uh, th- there is so much more God is looking at than just our emotional healing. Again, Romans 8:28 says He works all things for good. Everything He sees the bigger picture. And last but not least, the context of this message is healing from insecurities. Then then here at the end, we looked at suffering emotionally as a Christian. That is my message for you guys. Um, I really, I can definitely say I definitely was under some warfare during that. So please, please be praying for me. Um, I have been do- I have been doing fairly well though throughout quarantine. The Lord's been showing me a lot of things. Um, he's been really helping me to walk away from striving. But anyway, um, yeah, guys, I know that's a lot. Um, sometimes we can feel overwhelmed when we get done with listening to a sermon or going to church. But I mean, that's that's the beauty of prayer. We can bring all that to the Lord, and um, yeah. So, um, now regarding, for those of you that are sports fans out there, I do kind of want to touch on this, I guess. Um, I got time. What the heck? Uh, do I think Tom Brady is going to come back? Do I think he's going to do one more year? I do. He had a phenomenal season this year. He threw for 43 touchdown passes. He, he led the league in completion percentage, touchdown passes, and, um, and yards. So, I mean, he, and he's doing it at 44 years old. What the heck? I mean, so anyway, I think um, I think he'll be back for one more year. He's doing a lot of talk with his uh, his agent and uh, his family. Obviously, having three kids, uh, one of the kids being from his past wife, and then two 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 of the other kids are from his uh, present wife, Giselle Bunchen, um, or Giselle Brady. But you know, so I think she goes by Bunchen anyway. Anyway, just because that's her professional name, even though she doesn't do modeling anymore. But. Um, I think he's going to come back. I'm excited for the playoffs. Uh, I think the Super Bowl is going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be... 
mean, Rams are good. I think it's going to be Rams and Chiefs. I think that's going to be it. And I think that's going to be a heck of a game. I'm excited for that. So, um, yeah, I hope this helped you guys. If you have questions, um, for those of you that are Spotify listeners, um, if you are Spot- if you are a Spotify listener, there's a question posted below that you can answer. Um, my friend Brandon uh, did answer the other uh, he answered my question to to uh, understanding the beauty of humility um, and I, I, I can't view it right now but he gave a great response so Brandon thank you it, it was it was pretty much a response of we should find beauty um, and insight in seeing other people's walk with the Lord seeing new insights in that so um, yeah uh, next week uh, there is uh, we, we I know we're doing a proverb studying the Lord's had me jump from jump from place to place but um, I think every 10 episodes I will be going on to the next season so this is going to be season 13 episode 131 um, next week we're going to talk on a chapter that uh, has been on my mind recently over the past few uh, few months and it's Luke. 18 and it talks about it's a parable it's Luke 18 verses 9 through 14 and this is a chapter that deeply convicted me I feel like a lot of us Christians struggle with what the Pharisee says to the Lord in this moment of prayer we're going to dive into this, guys. It's sh- it's a short few verses, but um, I listened to a sermon by Francis Chan on his Crazy Love podcast that I recently found on this chapter, and it just, I mean, I got so convicted. It was so good, and so now I'm walking in this and uh, learning more humility through this chapter. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys tuned in, and if you, have any, if you want a prophetic word, email me. I'm here. Please be praying for me. Uh, really working through some stuff. Trust in the Lord. And um, I'm really glad I was able to talk on this subject of insecurity, and I hope I was able to bless you with what I said. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to Season 13, Episode 1 of Part 2, Understanding the Healing Life of Insecurity on Mobius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God bless you.